Welcome to Sci-Fi Tech Talk, the podcast where we explore the technology of sci-fi. I'm Jeff Sire, and with me today is Julie Keel. Hello. And Mike McPeak. Hi. And today we are going to be doing the TV series. It's uh, just completed its first season called Dark Matter. So the synopsis from IMDb is uh, the six-person crew of a derelict spaceship awakens from stasis in the farthest reaches of space. There's a lot of S's in that sentence. Uh, Their memories were wiped clean and they have no recollection of who they are or how they got on board. The only clue to their identities is a cargo bay full of weaponry and a destination, a remote mining colony that is about to become a war zone. With no idea whose side they are on, they face a deadly decision. Will these amnesiacs turn their backs on history or will their past catch up with them? (laughs) So we will spoil... the. The whole thing, and yes. we will spoil you guys right up front by saying all three of us love this. This is the freaking yes. awesomest thing I've seen like since yeah. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, well, really. And it, it's one of those what I call an onion show. You just keep peeling away, uh, peel away a layer, and there's another layer and another layer. So there's a level of complexity there, and you know, interesting characters, and you know, each time there's oh something, oh there's hey, let's reveal this and reveal that. So um, it doesn't get boring by any stretch of the no, imagination. and it doesn't take you long to get hooked either. The first show is intriguing. The second show has you locked. I mean, it just it's it it. It gets you from the beginning. It really does. And every episode, every time you're done with an episode, it's not cliffhanger, but it's always WTF. Can't wait to see the next one. And Uh, I've said on the show that I don't like a series where they just seem to be kind of making up as they go along. mm -hmm. But in this one, right from the start, you get a sense that uh, they might not have every single uh, detail etched out well in advance, but they've got a solid idea of where the show seems to be going and the the overall season plot and uh, and everything. Okay, and I I want to just say up front that I don't want to spoil – much because at the end of season one there's a huge spoiler and i don't want to give that away because everybody needs to watch this um (laughs) it's still it's one season in it's 13 episodes it's a weekend's worth of binge watching this is not like taking on star trek (laughs) um so if you haven't seen dark matter get it it's Mm -hmm. amazing on so many levels Um, i think i described it as a cross between what battlestar galactica stargate universe and Murder, she wrote. Well, and <laughs> and I think you say Stargate Universe, and I haven't explored this completely, but I think this is based on a graphic novel or a comic yes, book. Dark Horse yeah, Horse. Dark Horse comic. They have that in the credits. Right, and I think I read somewhere that the creators of uh, Stargate SG One had some uh, were part of that. I didn't read the whole thing, but uh, oh, okay. Yeah, there was some mention of that in there. So I think there is connections here. So, you know, to, uh, to Stargate and some of those uh, to that show. And so I could say based on that, I know nothing about the comic. I just saw it there. And, hmm, that's kind of interesting. So yeah. and that's, that's the only bit of trivia for this show that I could find. So let us let me set it up a little bit more, too. We haven't given much more than what's in the synopsis. But basically six people are awakened from stasis and they don't remember anything about what they they did previously um but they still remember skills they have skills you know somebody can pilot somebody can um um there's a martial well, the, arts ep- expert uh, the, the girl can do all the hacking and stuff like that right 
martial arts expert, okay. uh, munitions expert. So they are, and you can see from the skills that they kind of in the first episode that they're there for a reason, and they seem to be part of a team. But you know that's the mysterious part right there. Right. And before we go any further, I will wave my little Canadian flag and say this is a Canadian pro- uh, television show. And I think it was originally done for our space network. Yeah, space. And then you guys will have uh, carried it on sci-fi network down in the States, I guess. And I was looking at some stuff for YouTube, and it seems uh, that they have it on some network in uh, – the UK as well. So I don't know how widely this can be seen, but it's certainly uh, distributed fairly widely. So I was going to check. I think I saw that it was on – I think I saw you, that you could watch it on Netflix, I believe. I was trying to hear your search. Uh, I was going to try and double-check that and make sure. But uh, Oh, that's – I never uh, saw yep. it. Uh, oh, really? Well, yep. I'm very disappointed because I, I bought it on uh, – I, I don't think it is on <laughs> Netflix because I, I usually do go to Netflix first and then if got, I can't find it there, I get it on iTunes and I know I have this on iTunes. Unless it just came on because I've got Netflix open here and it says Dark Matter. Are you kidding? One. All right. No. Everybody go out and watch it then. <laughs> yeah. Because you have no excuse at yeah, all. None, no. Zero. Yeah. And I bought the whole season on um, uh, Amazon. So, yeah. And I, it, this it, is one of those ones where – Pay for this. Yes, yes. Please, people, pay for this one. We yeah. want more like this. Um, the, 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 to set it up a little bit, too, you know, again, there's these six people that wake up that have no memories, but they have these skills, including they don't know their names. So they go through and refer to themselves as one, two, three, four, five, and six. Um, and so actually, that's really helpful. It is. Because <laughs> I can actually remember yeah. those for the most part. Yeah, um, I forget names, but numbers I'm still okay with. Yeah, so. and so it, it's, it, becomes a, it becomes an intriguing, besides the fact that there's, you know, this whole thing is set in space on a ship, um, you have the whole, um, you know, memory issues and trying to establish your identity. And then you have the interpersonal stuff that goes on that if you don't know who you are or what you're doing or why you're there, how do you deal with yeah. each other type thing? So, yeah. Um, and and as the season goes by, each of the characters, some more than others, start to remember their past. None of them seem to remember the last maybe couple of weeks of what got them on the ship together. But they remember their prior history, like their former lives. Yeah, and and they don't but, really remember it yeah. either. That's a and, distinction. They have things. They they get information from their previous life. They don't really remember it. And Although they, some of them do, like the uh, the prince, he seems to remember pretty much everything because he remembers conversations. He talks about. Uh, uh, you know what his father told him and and things he remembers from growing up whereas the mercenary guy whatever he is number 4 or something three. uh 3 he uh never remembers anything he's always being told about what well, we did this and we did that and right yeah 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 so but, it, that's that's one of the interesting things about the show is that is how and how much of their yeah. previous lives they learn about remember or is imposed upon them yeah. We did uh, – we've done Continuum, right, on the yep. show, I think? Okay. That's that's another Canadian show and uh, kind of like the BBC, the Canadian uh, uh, 
television is a very small pool, so you recognize there's uh, several faces that you recognize from that show that show up in this one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and But of all these characters, man, that android is the freaking coolest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> True. Like, just the way she's played. I wanted to ask you guys this to see if it maybe it's just me but like do you think that she's trying to like channel pinocchio like she's got she has the great big wide eyes just the way she kind of carries herself is almost like a marionette sort of thing like it and and she's trying to become more human or maybe not trying but she's she seems okay with becoming more human like it certainly seems like a very pinocchio type character well everything goes back to star trek so of course i think data (laughs) right away right and even in star trek there are references to data being like pinocchio so that's a direct line um yeah well well, she's not trying to become human she has a flaw in her programming so um which she's okay with yeah yeah, that that's fine. Uh, and, you know, now, now that you say that, you know, I do kind of – I kind of see what you mean. Yeah, the eyes and the – yeah, sort of the marionette kind of quality where she kind of well, tilts her on head. on the flip and, side of that, if you're the actress, how right. in the hell do you play an android? I mean, what yeah. acting skills come to bear to portray an android? Android, you, you act like a marionette. I mean, or, yeah. you know, I mean, that's just how we visually relay that, you know, through acting. So I don't want to falter for it or even say she's channeling, you know, being a marionette. But that is how when you are tasked with, you're an actress, we want you to play an android. The first thing you do is you start playing like a robot or a a Muppet, puppet, marionette, whatever you want to call them. Um, I like all the characters, but I would say by a long shot, she's my favorite. Yeah, like I, I think she's... Just the way she's being portrayed by oh, I had her name up, but Zo- Zoe Palmer, yeah. is that right? Zoe Palmer, yeah, very like just super cool. I'm okay. I've got a pipe in here too. Hats tip to all the women in this show. Um, it's a female leader, captain of the yeah. ship. It's a female android, and it's a female. Um, child and we'll talk about that in a second here too who's the tech expert and winds up saving their butt several times um and the guys are the ones having emotional outbursts and going a little nutso i mean i'm sorry but i don't normally pick up on that except in this one it was about halfway through the season you started to realize yeah. This is so out of the norm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, and it's not being rammed down your no, throat. No, not of like, at all. Like you're not being bonked over the head by your misogynistic pig. You right. should pay attention to this. Like it's yeah. No, it's, it's cool. just totally it just, natural. It, yeah, it's just this is the way this. this yeah, thing and nobody has a problem with it. Yeah. Okay, now speaking of actors, actresses, the one that's playing five, the the girl, the tech expert, the the geek. Yeah. Um, they keep referring to her as a child, that she's too young to do some things. And I, looking at this crew, I'm, I'm not seeing a heck of a lot of difference between her age and some no. of the other people. Well, um, the actress is 21. Right, and so supposedly when two is 24. Yeah. I mean, so, on the show, at least it was referred to that she was 24. So the difference between t- 21, I mean... Just there's not enough difference in age there. There's there's not enough yeah. visual difference in age to have them keep referring to her as yeah. a child. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just it was like if you wanted to well, have child, you needed to pick a different actress. Well, I think they're all, well, yeah, physically she is, but I think they're also referring to her experience because it's you know revealed they're not these people kind of realize that they're not exactly who they think they are right. because on the way to the mining colony they thought they were there to help the miners or whatever, and then finally they start getting some the information spoiler. starts to trickle in. Yeah, <laughs> spoiler, uh, they're not so nice. They all have rap sheets that involve what murder and thieving and you know whatever. Right. Uh, and so they realize, and so I think they referring to her as a child also as in experiences uh, because she seems more innocent right. uh, than the rest of them. She, so, they, she's a uh, spoiler. Uh, the good news is, is up to this point, we're, we've only spoiled uh, information for the first couple of episodes. There's stuff that that p- plays out farther down the, the season that I I will cut you guys off if you spoil it because I want that to play out for people. You have to watch this show. Um, But she's also the one who um, does not have any data that was retrieved in the ship's log regarding her previous life. She is the only one who has any sort of memories prior to awaking from stasis. She is the only one who doesn't have a rap sheet as far as we know. Um, so she's, she is, it's like the five members of the crew and then this kid. Um, and so the kid, however, it doesn't take long for her to be on equal footing with everybody else on the crew. So that whole kid thing to me is starting to wear kind of thin by the end of season one. Right. Um, It's like, stop talking about her as if she's a kid. She's, she's pulling her weight. Right. Well, and then the other thing, too, and this is only, I think, only a mild spoiler, and it's still something to be resolved yet. Apparently, she has the rest of their memories inside her head. Right. And that's why they're, you know, they're, they're keeping her around because she is kind of pivotal to all of them because she's able through dreaming and then even, you know, through an induced state starts to retrieve some of these and starts to fill in the, the plot holes because you need some way to keep this moving along. Otherwise, it would take them forever to kind of figure yeah. out who they are. So, right. Well, the, all of the rest of the crew's reactions to her are really kind of strange because like like you said oh we're keeping her around because of this well you're keeping her around because she's fucking saved your ass a bunch of i was gonna say can we talk about that she's pulled her weight oh yeah thank you very much she has like she's the only one that figured out how to hack into the uh uh into the vault and you know the passcode i mean she's she's she through much of the season is the most valuable member of the crew yeah i mean the other ones all have their place but she winds up coming up with pivotal information, skills, whatever, that, like you say, save their ass time and time and, again. And she's the one that has the brains to put the loose ends together to figure out some of the right. some of what's been going on. So, I, like I say, by the end of the season, it was kind of – it was feeling a little disingenuous to keep referring to her as a kid. So mm. I'm hoping that that – uh, not that it necessarily goes away. It doesn't have to. I mean, that's not ruining it, but it's like, just stop, you know, just th- stop pointing that out because it's not working really any lo- more. <laughs> well, and she's also probably the, at this point the least developed character because you've seen a little one episode where they kind of how she got on the ship, but not anything beyond that. So we're assuming that she's innocent, but that's not See, necessarily yeah, okay. the case. I, I'd be curious how that plays out in the next season, too. I, there's a lot of assuming that's going on, and yes. that's all going to get blown out of the water, I know. But okay, let's talk tech. Um, <laughs> you're on a ship. Yes. It's an awesome ship. It's a, it's got it. Okay, this ship 
to me appears that it was built for a, a heck of a lot bigger crew than six people. Am I right? You think well, so? Well, that's one of those things. Like, you don't know what – they never really say what the ship is intended for. No. So, like, you can look at, like, uh, you know, I live on the shores of Lake Ontario. So we have the the Laker tankers. So they're not super tanker size, but they're great big, huge container ships. Well, they, they're a huge ship and they have a crew of, like, 15 or 20. So it depends what the ship is – intended for like a cruise ship would be the same size and it'd have like a few thousand people on it right so yeah i don't know like if, if these things if the ship was originally designed as some sort of like ore hauler well yeah it probably has a crew of like you know anywhere from six to ten or something right but and, and, yeah, it's, and- it's hard to say like they've never really like the the, sh- the ship obviously has some you know a cargo hold of some size, but they never really elaborate on what the purpose of the ship is. It, yeah, I get the feeling that it's a cargo ship, but yeah. again, you don't really mm-hmm. know. Well, um, I would say more multi-purpose because they have, yeah. and maybe they have, it's they have weapons. Yes, yeah, and, and shielding, and you know, FTL drives. Yeah. So. Um, but you know, like I say, there is a cargo base, so I think it's maybe multi-purpose. Because you know, like I say, the first episode they're delivering stuff um, with you know not the best of intentions. Um, but and you know and they're kind of shady, and they still haven't quite explained it. But it, well, apparently they're mercenaries for hire. Uh, but and so you know and they never yeah and they never really spelled out the ship. So it was just something that they acquired or maybe maybe not built, but. Um, maybe repurposed something. So I never exactly explain how uh, anything about the ship. Well, it certainly seems like the Raza is some sort of a notorious sh- uh, ship. Yes. Right, like the um, Millennium Falcon or yeah, Serenity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, it's it gotta, felt a lot like Firefly. Yes, um, it did. I, I totally agree. Even the, the way that it's filmed, like it's – this is obviously not something that they're going into it with a huge budget. Uh, so there's a lot of set pieces where they're filming stuff on the ship and there's not a lot of uh, outdoor stuff filmed. And um, yeah, so like – and kind of like with uh, Firefly, it – I don't want to use the word cheap because I wouldn't characterize it no. as cheap. But it's something that uh, I don't think they have a huge budget, right? Right. It's, it, and – I don't know what their budget is either, but it is done well. If they, yeah. there is nothing on this show that feel. I mean, compare this to Star Trek: The Original Series. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, th- there's nothing that feels cheap or looks wrong. Or there, there's a few things um, that kind of look familiar. You know, like they, well, like Star Trek: The Original yeah. Series, where they took salt shakers and turned it into tricorders and medical devices. You know, kind of that kind of stuff. They're they're taking objects that every now and then you're like, oh, that looks kind of familiar, but I see what they're doing with it. But it still works. Um, well, and the few special effects shots that they're doing, like when the ship jumps to uh, yeah, light FTL, speed and stuff, yeah. like that's done really, really well. Yep. But I'm sure those are probably just a, f- a few stock things that they're showing probably reverse angle and stuff like that so they can just have the same right. thing and show it a few different ways. Yeah, right? and and honestly as far as visual effects go, that's all CGI. I mean, I can guarantee that's all CGI. And once you've created the model for the ship, you know, having it jump to to FTL um from any particular direction is not a big deal. You've invested the money in the design of the ship, so yeah. That's yeah. But um 
Speaking of familiar objects, too, they are doing an excellent job of walking the line between future, space, unfamiliar universe, and occasionally throwing in a reference to something that is familiar, like Little Blue Pills. And yeah. what was the other well, one? Oh, Star, Star Wars, Wars episode 39. Or, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a classic. Yeah. You know, it's in uh, VR. Um, yeah, it's so... They're, they're every now and then, not not to a to point of distraction, not overdoing it. It's very, it's done very very well. But every now and then, you see a little nod to something that is current. Um, that's it. Just winds up being amusing. Well, it helps keep you grounded a little bit yes. because if it was completely foreign. You know, you might feel a little bit differently, but if they throw in those little touchstones along the way, so you feel, you know, there's some connection back to us, yep. it, it does make you feel a little more connected to the show. Yep. Sure. Uh, the reason I was saying it seems like the ship may have been built for a bigger crew, one of which is that the bridge. bridge is huge for six people. Um, sure. Oh, yeah, it has multiple stations. Right. And even, like, the mess hall seems a little big, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't really know. That's not a big thing. But- but then, like, but the six from, people from, on it from are the practical it. side of yeah. them, uh, for for this being a TV show, if you're going to have a bunch of scenes that are set on the bridge, you probably want to have it. You know, you don't want to have it claustrophobic, right. so you might want to make that set bigger, right? Yeah, yeah, well, it, it, yeah. It makes fight scenes a little easier too if you got yeah. room to you know roll over the rail or whatever they used to do in Star Trek all the time. So. Um, it, it, it gives you some yeah freedom of movement and freedom to do certain things and and it's uh, and it came into play in the one episode where the android gets disabled and she's down below a step so when you first look in you don't see her so there the design of the sh- uh, you know the bridge kind of plays into the episodes a little bit in little bits along the way at certain times yeah I I I find the design of bridges to be intriguing. Um... And this one, you know, seems to have all the major components, you know, the weapons bay and the yeah. weapons con- console and the communications console and, and all the other things, navigation, whatever. Um, but the thing that I find perplexing might be the right word is the android just goes and stands in the middle. There's no, like, captain's chair. There's no, like, station where she should go get the heck out of the way rather than just standing in the middle. See, but that's that's one of the things that I think is cool and makes sense mm-hmm. is that the android seems to be connected with the ship. Like, it, it's almost like yep. you buy the ship, you get this android that comes with it that as, a, as your pilot. Right. That totally makes sense that that would be a thing that would happen in the future, right? Yes, it does. And... and if if that's the way it's working with that whole neural connection that she has with the ship, well, yeah, you don't really need a – she doesn't have to have a helm station that she stands at. She can control the ship from anywhere and you, you see where she just kind of closes her eyes and then just like, yes, okay, we're you know jumping to light speed or whatever we're doing, right? And she's an right. android, so she doesn't need to sit down. I get that. Right. I mean, yeah, but it just, seem, it just seems so weird that it's like she is an important part of the crew, the, the bridge – you know, the control of the ship, and all she does is just stand in the middle. And like I say, to some extent, to me, it feels like get in the way. It's like, go stand in your corner, you know. Um, well, and there was that one visual cue that Jeff just mentioned, which I understand why they did it. It just kind of bugs me a little bit. The closing her eyes when she issues commands, she doesn't have to do that. Yeah. But that's for the benefit of the audience yeah. to know that she's an android, she's issuing orders, and now she's back to paying attention to everyone. So. Yeah. yeah, that's a visual cue thing as well. Sure. 
Because how yeah. do you play an Android? Yeah. Um. So, um. Wow. They had. They had. They had one bit of technology in there that we have to talk about. And I can't remember what they told. They called it transport travel or something like that. Where you there's one of those familiar pieces of technology. They crawl into a tanning booth, and um, a but, little budget. But yeah, yeah, I know. I get right. it. I get right, it. Sure. But um, seriously, they they crawl into a tanning booth, and rather than being you know like beam me up, Scottied to a different location, they essentially um, cloned you, and then sent you, or they they took a pattern reading of you and then sent your pattern across the galaxy and then cloned you in a f- remote destination um, and then you could go on vacation for like three days until your clone would start to disintegrate and you know but and then the clone would have to return to the tanning booth on that end and transfer its memories back to you um, and all of this could take place in the matter of an hour uh, I don't, yeah, you know, I don't remember how the time thing worked, but basically, the, they, the memory- they don't ever comment on on that. They just say, "Oh, we're sending subspace communications, which are apparently instantaneous between." Uh, which is nuts. Any- subspace. Well, I mean, they, that, right. that that's kind of like okay, we're going to put that in the uh, the technical hole and just not explain it. It just this is the way the, this world works. And as, like yeah, and as, as long as they stick to those rules, that's cool. But if in a, in a later episode they say, oh, well, we didn't tell you, but uh, it would be very convenient in this episode if subspace didn't work quite like that. Like that, I hate. Yeah. <laughs> I hope right. they don't do that. But, you yeah, know, just so- like, okay, they created this rule that subspace communications is instantaneous to pretty much anywhere as right. far as they've shown us. Okay, just stick to those rules. I'll buy into that even though it doesn't make any sense right. but that's okay that's cool yeah so but, if anybody from the show actually listens don't you know go screwing with things like that so. <laughs> yes the um um the the tanning booth thing though is i find it intriguing as heck rather than physically moving mm-hmm. you through the galaxy what they're doing essentially is moving your consciousness or, or you know it's creating a clone of you someplace else who then before it disintegrates, because it's a clone, um, yeah. is able to transfer memories back to you. So you get the ability to to experience things without experiencing things. You know. Like, have you guys ever seen or read anything where they did something like that before? Like no. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that. Like it's a, it's a super cool idea, and I like it a lot. Right. I don't think I've ever seen. Any- I don't think so either, and that's why I was so. I was like, "That's the best thing ever," because it, it's there's a lot of advantages to it. There's a lot of right. weirdness sure. to it, but there's a lot of advantages. For instance, not going to spoil this one, but um, there was an experience in the show where one of the clones. Um, had a problem, and basically the memories did not get transferred back. Um, and so the fact that that can go wrong and still not really go wrong um, is also figured and in, engineered into that system too. So Yeah, and just, just to tease that episode a little bit, just let's just say it's an interesting way to retrieve data. Right. Yeah, yeah. let's just leave it at that and go watch it, people. Seriously, um, this is and, so cool. And, you know, and I'm thinking about this. It's sort of think of it sort of as an inverted um, holodeck, uh, where you know you go into the holodeck, 
Well, you know, you know it's true. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, go, ahead. go ahead. You know, it's a merger of, uh, you know, the uh, uh, transporter and the uh, replicator. But like I say, it's an inverse holodeck where you, uh, instead of having to be within the holodeck for this to work, you take it and it goes somewhere else. And, you know, so, yeah, you can physically be somewhere else. I've never thought of reverse holiday. Yeah, rather yeah. than creating the environment, you're recreating the person. Yeah, you're, right. yeah, you're, you're creating a clone or like a, a artificial image of the person and right. putting that into the real world right. rather than putting a real person, person into, into an, an imitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and like I said, I, I'm just a little curious, and maybe you know it would maybe spoil the science. But I am curious: is this a the three hour thing? Is that a the way the system works, or is that built in just so you don't have clones of people running around? They didn't say that in, in right. the the in the one episode that they introduced it. Uh, they didn't actually use the technology until I think the next episode or the one after that. But in the episode where they introduce it, they're talking about it and they say one of the limitations is that the clones have a lifespan of, of three hours. I think it's three hours. I thought it was and they, two, three, three or three days. Yeah. Oh, three days, three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, but then they don't elaborate as to why. I don't. Well, they're clones. They, right. Yeah, By definition, but, you clones know, are not perfect copies of the original. Yeah, but and, Dolly the sheep like is, uh, you know, lasted yeah. a lot longer than three days, <laughs> right? That's true. But yeah. Uh, and like I say, I don't know if it's a limitation of the process or if it's a built-in thing so that you just couldn't – you wouldn't have or, all these clones of people walking around. Or like I said, the system uh, somehow crashes and your clone is still out there yet. Uh, you know, is it a fail-safe so that he can't go out there and create Do you guys get the real person? clones are like – um, not mainstream, like, um, I mean, seriously, what could you do if you had a clone of you for three days that could go anywhere, do anything with no consequences, and you'd remember? I mean, holy well, crap! You could- that comes up in relation to another character about how they talk about how uh, the world that this is set in has issues with clones and with artificially constructed people. Like you can see even with the Android, the Android uh, probably has been specifically given the mannerisms that she has partly to identify her specifically very easily as an Android. She's got the tattoo on her neck so that you look at her, you know, immediately she's an Android. And uh, this, this world that this show is set in does not like seem to like the idea at all of artificially constructed people masquerading as real people. Yep. Which which is why I wonder about the the whole clone transport thing because to me that seems like it could be used for some really um nefarious things and and yeah how would you know if you were talking to a clone of somebody versus the person well why not create an army of clones right right Right. well they already did that that's why it's been taken yeah Yeah. star wars got that covered but it does beg the question you know because like say there is some talk about engineered life there and you have to wonder if there was you know sort of you know uh, going back to star trek some sort of con like thing where they had you know uh, eugenics war or something like that uh, where they had tried to you know super engineer people and it you know so maybe and you know that, that would be fodder for them for a, you know some episode to maybe expand on their universe a little bit and explain a few of these things. And, oh no, don't explain it. <laughs> well, no, as background. Yeah, um, it may come out eventually right. as we go because obviously some things have come out 
as as far as their relationship to unhuman humans or whatever you want to call these near near humans, clones and androids and whatever. Yeah. I guess I just want something a little more rather than throwing it out. We don't want, you know, engineered humans. I guess I would like to be, you know, a little subtext to it. I mean, well, is it just an ethical issue or was there something in the history that, you know, makes them that, uh, true? Yeah. It's just, interesting to 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 talk about this right after watching Gattaca. Um speaking of engineered <laughs> humans. Yeah. Um and and how that can go right or wrong depending on how you want to look at it. So, yeah. Cool. I, I got to tell you, just going through the Wikipedia entry and clicking on these uh, all of these actors and seeing where they're from, it's like a uh, it's like a coast to coast Canada thing. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, like Timmins, Ontario, and uh, yeah, it's like you know, not always big cities like you know. North, well, there actually, there's a couple of people from Timmins. Timmins is a very small place, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I was completely confused because I didn't see any American flags there. I didn't know how to. No, that, that's so. a shame. Yes. Not a one. <laughs> so, it's no, it's no uh, Armageddon. <laughs> no, this is true. Drunk off my chair every time I see, drinking every time I see an American flag. Yeah, yeah. Just to explain the drinking game, there. You know, uh, every time you see an American flag in Armageddon, drink, you'll die of alcohol poisoning. So well, there was that one uh, semi-famous actor from Burbank, California, Will Eaton. Oh, <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was a shock because I had yeah. no clue. I I purposely didn't do any research before watching this show, and it's like, oh. what? Yeah, I kind of had to. I had I looked and yeah, that that that's Will. He looked a little. I don't know. I don't want to say pudgy, but a little. You know, he wasn't the <laughs> Will Wheaton from the uh, you know the Star Trek yeah, series. Yeah, he's not uh, fifteen anymore. No, sorry, no, people. No. Um, yeah. And I looked at some of the, uh, and he's still there's. Uh, opinions about him. Let's just put it that way. Because I looked at one thread on IMDb and they said something to the effect of WTF Will Wheaton or something yeah, like that. Right, so. right. Which I thought he did fine in, yeah. you know, forget everything, you know, drop your prejudices at the door and he did a fine job in the role that he's been given for this show. So keep it coming. Yeah, and he, you know, he wasn't exactly Dr. Evil, but he didn't have to be. He just had to be somebody, you know, who was doing his thing there um and it, you know it didn't look like he was necessarily evil it looked like he was following orders well that would uh, be interesting to see play out because that character can certainly keep showing up in season two and whatever he's not oh yeah uh we're not done with him yet i don't think so no. uh i'm dying for season two to come out at this point holy cow yeah. this it's, summer yeah oh it is this summer okay yes okay good I because never, uh, then i've got walking dead which leads right into game of thrones which should lead right into dark matter so i'll see you guys next fall yeah i was gonna say <laughs> so much for a life but anyway. <laughs> oh my yep there, okay more tech on this show we, we got off at the um spaceship but oh there's so much we talked a little bit about the ftl and the visual effect that that had um the this, we talked about subspace communications and how that might not, re, you know, reflect the laws of physics. Um, there are things like um, electronic devices, like their iPads are clear glass again. I don't know where the clear glass 
vision of the future of computing has come from, you know, that everything yeah. needs to be see-through. I mean, I know we saw it in Minority Report way back in the day. Um, Corning is doing everything it can to promote yeah. that. <laughs> once, um, once somebody develops smudge-proof glass, like, yeah. you know, we, we have achieved every science fiction you know, <laughs> right, future yeah. we've ever seen. Yep. Like uh, these tablets where people are walking around and nobody has sweaty hands or uh, greasy, you know, chocolate-coated fingers. Right, yeah. yeah. Nobody ever drops one of them, you know, they would yeah. shatter, those kind of things. So, yeah, so that that is, you know, you can see that a lot in this uh, universe with the, the uh, it's not L-Cars, design consoles but it's almost it, it does reflect Battlestar Galactica it's got the clip corners on occasion and stuff um, but it's uh, it's it's just one of those things that again at, well, you know, in 2015 is a way that you say this is sci-fi you know you yeah. use the glass displays you, you use the clipped corners you use the certain fonts on the displays sure. and stuff well, again, I think it's one of those analogs because I really think at some point it'll just be a corneal implant. But how do you put that? How do you do that? You know, to show that you're accessing information. Right. Uh, yeah. So I think they just put the glass out there because it looks futuristic. It gives something to hold, something for the audience to go. Oh, they're looking up something right now. Yeah. You know, they're just not you know having a seizure or something. You know, they're like, actually looking as up something. cheesy as it might look. I think the you know Johnny Mnemonic kind of idea of uh, just. Like you said, you have some sort of corneal implant and you just stare off into space, but you do something with your hands uh, so that you can physically interact. So you're you're moving these things that only you can see around these physical objects or like the Tony Stark thing where he's got the 3D hologram and the Avengers and he moves it like that. Right. I think that's probably a likely uh, way to in, interact in a- with computers. See, and what I liked about Dark Matter was the fact that they didn't have just one. You had yeah. the iPads, you had what essentially were desktop systems, you had what way back in the day was known as the Microsoft Surface, which was the table display consoles. Um, so that whole idea of there are multiple ways to interface and multiple reasons you want to interface with data and screens and technology and communications and all those things um, is played through in this environment as well. Yeah, and right. you you also have to put that up against like the realistic budget concerns that they're up against with a show like this. Like they right. can't say, okay, well here's the tr- the table where we're going to have all of our holograms because like, oh, okay, well, we don't have the money for that <laughs> to to do right. that in the show. So we'll just say, okay, we'll have these, you know, like iPad like devices or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. And, but I think but they I, did a good job of it, basically. No, I it, like for for what um, I guess for value of what you're getting, I think it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a story. It's not about the props. It's a story, yeah, and the yeah, stories okay. work out well. And, and you know, and they spent money in the right places. Right, where, where you want it to look good, it looks great. Yeah, I was going to say it's not about the props, but in this particular case, the props are awesome, even if they were low budget. And I don't. I, again, I don't know what kind of budget they had, um, but there is nothing about this that's done poorly. Yeah, I did like uh, like. When they did hand-to-hand fights or, sh- you know, shootout-type fights, most of it was, you know, conventional bullets, right? They, they're pulling out a gun and they're actually bang, 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 shooting people. 
But you do have Three's kind of sonic gun right. or whatever it is. Yep. That was cool. I like that. And that, that was, was a good cool. effect and it you know blew people away mm-hmm. yep. and you know that that was neat. The other thing that's that's bugging me is that the the martial arts swords are straight. It's driving me crazy. Um katanas yeah. are always curved. <laughs> Which means they're not katanas, but yeah, you know, and there are different types of swords. I get that, but yeah. it's bugging me. <laughs> well, uh, I can tell you the thing that that bugged me is, uh, and uh, I will throw this in here that uh, if your significant other is not into sci-fi, my wife not a big sci-fi fan at all, and. She watched the pilot, and as soon as it was done, she's like, let's watch the rest. Keep yeah. Going. Keep going, go, 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 go. I think <laughs> – she, she liked it just as much as I did. And one of the things that bugged me when I was watching with her, and I actually stopped it, went back, like, okay, since when does gravity end at a door? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was like, okay, turn on your magnetic boots. You walk out like, well, hey, you were stuck to the deck <laughs> inside the door. Just because you open the door doesn't mean gravity stops. And that was another like, okay – so gravity, I guess, doesn't work outside the ship. It's or just doesn't something. it? Because, yeah, if you're using, you know, you're essentially, the, that we've seen that before, too. I mean, even yeah. that shows up in Star Trek where yeah. the gravity, artificial gravity machines break and Klingon blood goes up in bubbles, right? Um, that, but, that, that's something that is almost, uh, movies and television shows have kind of ingrained that into our heads that that is almost the way gravity works when i don't know when like when i watch something like that like that, that bugs me because like that's not how gravity works right. like, I, don't, I don't care if every tv show does that that's not right well, it's assuming that we've we've developed some device some some artificial gravity device that yeah it would end at yeah. the door i mean it would be part of the ship and when you're not in the ship or on the ship it, you're not affected by it, and you know that's a huge assumption. But that assumption's been made for forever yeah. with regards to sci-fi. Actually, to the point that if they just said uh, okay, and they just walked out of the ship, and they could walk along the top of the ship, people would probably start to say, "Hey, that's not right. They're outside. They're in space." Right. <laughs> like because we're so used to thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, you know, when you're on the ship, there's gravity, and then oh, you're outside, you yeah. start floating around. Ask any like, ISS yeah. person, you know, well, how yeah. that works. <laughs> like, hey, Julie, psst, they don't have gravity in the ISS either. Oh, really? Well, they yeah. do, but they're actually just falling all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I think I just stepped into something weird here. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, what you have inside is what you have, at least in the near for the outside. So whatever. You remember but, the Douglas Adams thing about there, there's a knack to flying. It's it's uh, throwing yourself at the ground and missing. Right. <laughs> that's that's all the ISS is doing. It's, Pretty it's much. still well within our gravity uh, gravity well, but it's just throwing itself at the ground and missing. But the, yeah, but there's no it, it, like people aren't walking around the ISS. They're floating no, no, around inside yeah, that, the ISS. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. So, so rifles rifles were well, Yeah, well yeah, and I wanted conventional. Well yeah, well and I oh, like shock that sticks. Oh. Yeah, those those things. And I I kinda like that multi rifle with the, the non lethal way of subduing somebody with just the, the, the force field blast or whatever it was. Because you don't always want to kill everyone. Sometimes you wanna, you know, knock them out and get the information from them, then you can do whatever you want with Although them. Although I got the distinct impression that uh Three would probably knock you out and then carve your eyeballs out and right. Well, just for amusement, but you know, yeah, yeah. just because. 
Yeah, and shock sticks played a big role in this series too. Um, yeah, that that poor android. How many times did she, she get knocked out with the shock stick? But you think you think at some point she'd I don't know insulate herself or you yeah. know take some countermeasures. Yes, and it's interesting that the shock stick was used on all manner of beings in this show. Um, androids, humans, other things, um, all with virtually the same effect. Uh, <laughs> you know, it pretty much knocks you out. So the it, the the way they were depicted, they they look like the old kind of like a transformer. Cattle prods. Yeah. Electric um, cattle prods. I've used a few of those. Yep. <laughs> and they were rather large, um, which means they held a rather large, you know, well, to, disab- <laughs> to disable an Android, you want a fairly good charge there. Yep. You just don't want to tickle her. You want to knock her out. So. And that was something we saw, too. Speaking of charges, there was many times, actually, where they were off shooting guns or whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, charge depleted. And guns, I mean, I, I get what an empty chamber means, but the, it's it's interesting in, in this. It's also charge depleted serves the same purpose. It's like, oh, great. Now we have to worry about plugging in our guns. <laughs> One more cord around uh, that know. you have to plug into something. That was just it. Is it USB or what? You know? Oh, dude, I thought I had my my uh, gun charging cord. This is my iPhone cord. Right, yeah. Anybody have an adapter? I need to charge my gun. <laughs> Please tell me in the future we have a universal port. Just one. <laughs> yeah, no nope. kidding. Nope. Never. Uh, one port to rule them all, right? Yeah. It, awesome. Um, Let's see. What else? There, There well, really is a lot of more tech in this show than we're probably going to get time to talk to in oh, yeah. this episode. Well, um, I, I wanted to throw in the low-tech thing here, which was the ventilation system, which I, I understand can kind of serve as MacGuffin sometimes, but, you know, it is a way for them to get to places to hide. You know, it, it's a thing that's used in a lot of different shows, but I thought it was kind of interesting that, you know, you, you'd have this system uh, duck, of ductwork on a ship, um, which then begs the question... Uh, why do you have a central heating system, or why do you have a cent- – well, I guess you do need to have ventilation yeah. uh, on a ship. But as far as heating goes, you could solve that – or heating or cooling, you could solve that by uh, individual room units. But I guess you do have to purify and freshen the air, so I guess there is a reason to have one. Right, and and to some extent, you know, Jeffrey's tubes, again, going back to Star Trek, they're more than just ventilation, and, and I mean, it's like a conduit. You know, you put conduits up there, and, you know, you – all manner of wires and stuff can be put in them. So once you have a, a ventilation system, that you know the tubes up there, um, you can use them for a variety of reasons for troubleshooting or repairs or hiding or <clears throat> smuggling or whatever else you want to use them for. Um, so I, you know, I I don't know anything about navy ships. Um, I don't know if those types of tubes are are found on navy ships but like the the way they showed the ventilation yeah you know yeah big enough for somebody to crawl into i can tell like where where i work we have it you know ventilation units that are big enough that you could walk around or crawl around in them Mm -hmm. but the thing like they're not structurally strong enough they're just sheet metal right if you started to crawl around with them and you were well that girl that was in them probably could but Right. I mean, it's like ductwork in your home. It's made out of, you know, tin, uh, like you say, sheet metal. And sure, it might be big enough for an individual to get into. But, yeah, 
first off, you're going to make a hell of a lot of noise. And secondly, it, it, depending on how it's like a mine would fall down because it's not hung very well. I mean, it, it's a couple of screws holds the whole thing in because it doesn't weigh yeah. anything. So you put some little human, metal straps. Yeah, and... you put a human in there, the thing would just rip mm. out of the the joists. Yeah. So, uh, but again, this is you know, it's very common in ships um, to to be portrayed spaceships um, to be portrayed as having tubes running through it for engineering and systems you know it's the hvac behind the scenes utilities on the other side to to add uh, to uh you know add some maybe uh, a realistic question is like they have those huge bulkhead doors that slam shut all the time right Mm -hmm. well what good is that if you have a big open ductway that's uh, connecting the two rooms true True. <laughs> yep. Whether it's space or water, you put yeah. a ventilation system in there, and all that bulkhead goes to hell. Yeah. Well, and you know, it kind of goes like I, I got to thinking about it. It's the uh, oh, the Achilles heel uh, that you know can work for either side, I guess. But it's the Achilles heel because everything has to have one built in. I mean, the the the, the Death Star had one built into it. That tiny little opening that you can shoot a bomb into and blow the whole thing right, up. So. Right. You know, you got to have your Achilles heel in there just for the sake of uh, not writing yourself into a corner, basically. Yeah. yeah well, it, it, I guess in some ways they have the uh, they have that ductwork because they have a teenage girl who's a hacker that uses the ductwork and sneaks into people's rooms. Mm-hmm. Like that's why the ductwork's there, sure. so that they can advance the plot of her how she you know sneaks right. around. I mean, sorry if I, if I was putting together a spaceship as a writer, I would have put ducts, you know, ventilation tubes, some sort of conduits back there, just because I have no idea what I might want to use them for in the future, whether it's people escaping or uh, enemies hiding or you know, checking up whatever reasons. But having them there, I think, is you know, pretty good idea for future purposes but then well, like we, we've talked before about you know realistic uh spaceship design in the future like this is a ship that as as far as we know is doesn't enter the atmosphere because anytime they do that they send on the marauder, marauder. right the, yep. their their uh, shuttlecraft. little shuttlecraft so on a ship that doesn't have to enter the atmosphere it doesn't have to look like a ship it can look like an apartment building right mm-hmm. and so like you said with the the ductwork well you don't really need ductwork you can just run external piping, piping on the ship. Piping, right, yeah. yeah. Yep. It's like, okay, we'll just run it out through the hull here, run it across to where we need it, and then pull it back in, and then just kind of like... But you still need piping. So right. if it's, the minute you say piping, that becomes a duct. Whether yeah. it's inside or outside, it's something you can crawl through. Yeah. You know, and if it's I, big enough. I think they probably did it. Again, maybe this is, you know, the budget constraint, because they, you know, here's some sheet metal, let's, you know, throw together some tubes, or maybe they just, in the building that they're, uh, you know, recording at, you know, they crawl through the ductwork there. Uh, you know, I think I would, it wouldn't, like I say, it doesn't bother me, but it just, if it would have been more like a Jeffrey's tubes that would have had, you know, uh, conduits and, right. you know, Right, I was going to say, stuff. we keep thinking about it as a ventilation tube, right. and maybe that's what they referred to it as, but they have electricity, they have heating, they have plumbing, they have all those right. utilities that have to be put somewhere. And that's where, whether you're well, building an apartment building or a spaceship, you know, tubes or yeah. rooms or, but, you know, whatever. But closet. those tubes, like even the Jeffries tubes, they really are more, you know, uh, 
devices to facilitate the plot. Right. Oh, to facilitate absolutely. anything else, right? True. Because, like, every time you saw somebody in a Jeffrey's tube, their hair was never must. <laughs> right? No cobwebs. You, you never saw, yeah, you, there's no dust. And I can tell you, in those, in, in an industrial site, like, well, a, a dirty mining ship yeah, like this. Yeah, you'd go in there with respirator, oh, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, you wouldn't want right. to go in there. No. Yeah. Well, and you would come out. Filthy. But but can you agree that pretty much any structure that has those types of systems has to have some sort of supporting oh, yeah. tubing, oh, yeah. we'll call oh, yeah. it for lack like, of a better right. term, like, to support uh, those. Any apartment building. Right. right. Like I say, apartment building or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or spaceship is the same like thing. If, if you built an, a, just a normal apartment building and you didn't have ventilation, like those inner rooms, they would – like. I don't think you'd run the risk of running out of oxygen in them, but they would be very, very musty Nobody'd and want to work dank. And, yeah, you, you, would, you wouldn't be able they're to – stale, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to have people work in them. There would be too many complaints. Yeah, well, and they'd be like a, the perfect environment for molds. Mold, yeah. That'd be horrid. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> well, if you got like new carpet in there, all the chemical smells yeah, that go along with new furniture, and, yeah, it's like pff, that would never get out. Well, yeah, you know, and part of my duties, even though this is a, you know, one level school where I work as janitor, you know, we do have a ventilation system in there. And I do have to explain to people sometimes the way it works because, you know, they're complaining because, you know, it's cold in here. And I said, no, it's room temperature air, but we have to keep the air circulating in here. So and what you're feeling is, you know, air moving against your skin. So it is technically at room temperature. It's not cool. And they don't care because they're cold. So right, like yeah. I say, I get the whole uh, I understand the whole ventilation system. painful. Well, Sometimes. You know, like Julie, you had said about uh, you know chemicals off gassing, <clears throat> like the. <laughs> I work people. at uh, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> I work at a the nuclear power plant that I work at. The 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 number one thing that I get contaminated from is when I'm in the vacuum building, and it just I spend so much time because uh, the whole thing's made of cement. I'll get contaminated with radon gas, mm-hmm. which is has nothing to do with the. The nuclear power in the plant, right. it's off-gassing from the cement, right? Mm-hmm. That just happens to be slightly radioactive. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Um, okay, one, one other bit of tech. Um, food. <laughs> they, yeah. had, uh, they had, I Mush. don't know if it was freeze-dried fruit or what, but they had like, right. blue packs and, and green packs, and green packs were better than blue packs, and... I, I get that people, these six people woke up on a ship with no memories of how they got there or who stocked it, but really, we can't do any better than green and blue packs of food to, you know, like... Those, those conversations that they had were just like the conversations I used to have in the Army. Army, like, I know it, I, I know it. Ham omelet, yep. if I eat another ham omelet, I'm going to I kill know myself. It. it was like, well, I'll trade you my brownie it's, for your it's ham the omelet. relative... Um, Preference between you know the 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 cheese uh, macaroni and cheese or the lasagna for the MRE you know um, yeah it's ridiculous how how when you have limited selection and it's all packaged up for long term storage and that kind of stuff how how little differences become big things you know <laughs> but I thought that was kind of cute that they didn't have replicators they didn't have like a, a biosphere where they were raising their own food. They they um, they didn't have like canned goods or anything like that. And and from what I could see, other than the short time that they had a um, shall we call her a guest on board that was doing some cooking for them, um, their their <laughs> meals were pretty much 
disgusting um and you know something that a lot of people you know nobody was really looking forward to which honestly you know i get that that's how it works but man please future bring us better mres <laughs> well they had tang of course i don't know maybe if you drag i mean not those guys but i mean the space program they, had oh, tang oh speaking of things that are in here too familiar items jack daniels survives <laughs> Thank God. I saw Where a bottle they... of Jack Daniels on the spaceship. Oh, yeah? Yes. No, I don't even remember that. They were pouring bourbon with it when they were... Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and it yeah, was a square yeah, yeah, bottle. Yeah. It was yeah. a square bottle. Yeah. Well, awesome. <laughs> I know. Well, there is hope for the future then. They may I... have green goop, but at least they got Jack Daniels. No kidding. I'm, I'm game. And rifles, right? And, and shuttlecraft and <laughs> memory clones. and Yeah, I'm good. I could be there. So anyway, I'm just going to go back to everybody needs to watch this show. Everybody needs to pay for this show, support yes. this show, make more of this show, make this thing big because it's I the think best the second thing season in is in production right now. I better yep. believe it's going to be out there. Yeah, because it said production on the second season began on December 9th, 2015. So they are probably yep. working yep. on this right now. Just, yep. down the, just down the road from me. There you uh, go. Pop in, Jeff. Give us some teasers. Yeah, yeah. Sure, that'll work well. Mike, do you want to tell your little story? Sure, yeah, because uh, when I got done watching the episode, I tweeted out um, that I just finished uh, watching the, the show, and um, I had tweeted out um, – um, let's see here. Yeah, finished watching uh, Dark Matter TV for Sci-Fi Tech Talk podcast. This could be interesting. And I got a tweet back from uh, Melissa O'Neill, who plays number two on the show, saying, how cryptic. I'm so curious uh, with the Speak No Evil uh, emoticon there. So, uh, yeah, so I got a little buzzed about this. So apparently we've, we've kind of blipped on the radar. So I, I'm hoping that, you know, if you guys listen, you know, thanks. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, and you find it interesting. And, you know, if you want to you know, teases with anything that'd be like kind of like awesome too. But you know, you know, we're we're a small time group here. We have fun. We get together, but we have no illusions of being you know like you know Leo Laporte or anything like that. But um, you know, just to have a, even a brush with greatness for uh, with for us, you know, even on this level, it's kind of like oh, this is awesome. You should have heard the pre-show giggling and hooping and howling <laughs> that was going. We were twelve-year-olds, really. Yeah, no, really. Yeah, but, but you know, this is the highlight of our life here. So. Yeah, I know. But it's it's you know, like I say. Just a reminder that these people up on the screen are real people that are doing real work, and they want they're they're probably having fun doing it, and they too want to see it succeed. And mm-hmm. if if we like these things as science fiction enthusiasts, we like these types of shows. You got to step up. You know, yep. you got to pay for it. You got to watch it. You got to buy it. Money talks. Literally, that's all that counts is money. Um, some of the best sci-fi we've ever seen. AKA Firefly, you know, didn't last because, you know, it didn't get the support it needed. So if this is one of those shows that, you know, people are going gaga over, and yeah, I'd be one of those people, um, you know, I, I paid for the full HD version on iTunes um, because I want more of this. Right. So, yeah. And I would say this is about the same level of, of excitement that we had for Europa Report. It's so I think. Pretty close. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so this is like our probably our number two. So our scale is set. So at one and two, we have uh, Europa Report and then Dark Matter. And then at the very bottom of the scale, we have Starship, Starship Troopers, Troopers, the movie. Yeah. 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 The movie. I have to specify. The movie. The movie. Yes, yes. Please specify because the movie mm. and the book are not related whatsoever. No. Um, no. Anyway. So our, our scale keeps growing. And we, so, have, and, we have a number one movie and a number one TV show right now. There we go. Yep. With Firefly coming in a good third, I think. So. Yeah. Just because I it died too soon. I th- yeah, and I think the reason that I'm, I'm going to put Dark Matter at the top of that is because it's still in production. It's still happening. Yes. It's, it has a future ahead of it. So let's go. And, and I'm just a hat tip to Sci-Fi again, uh, the channel, Siffy. Um, they have really been stepping up their game lately. They have gotten I- back to their roots, and thank you. I was going to say they stepped back from the brink. Although uh, I did watch Shark Top. Let's see, what the Shark heck was Nato? it? No, Shark Topus versus Terracuda. Uh, I don't I think, think we need to talk about this anymore. Right, I know. Please, please tell me this was just a dream, <laughs> it you know, was like a an bad, episode bad of dream. Dallas or something. We just need to say we regret the horrible choice in name of your network. <laughs> but other than that, you're doing a fine job. Yes, please change the name. It sounds like something you need to be vaccinated for. Yep, but. yep. So. See, see look, that's where we did it good in Canada. Space. Right. <laughs> How cool is that? That pretty much narrows it down, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's, that's awesome. Anyway, I think that's all so, I've got for this one without um, giving away any spoilers. All right. We'll have to come back to this one again where we can, you know, a few more people maybe have seen it and we can do some spoilers. Yes. Okay, so that wraps up this episode of Sci-Fi Tech Talk. You can check us out at scifitechtalk.com where there's some cool space junk available for purchase. Uh, you can pop into the forums there and take part in the conversation or you can follow us on Twitter at Sci-Fi Tech Talk. If you have ideas or comments, please send them to greetings at Sci-Fi Tech Talk and reviews on iTunes are always welcome. So, Julie, where can people find you? I can be found on Twitter at Julie Keel, J-U-L-I-E-K-U-E-H-L. And links to the other blogs, podcasts, and whatever else I've got going on can be found at about.me slash Julie Keel. And, Mike, where can people find you? Yeah, I can be found uh, every once in a while on Twitter at DSC Chipman, and I have my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak, and um, I've got my other podcast out there, too, that I do with uh, Kevin Alder and Mark Greentree, um, Geekiest Show Ever, where we just get together and talk about anything geeky. It's not always tech. Sometimes it's, you know, all kinds of weird things, but um, we just get together and have a good time. So if you want to, you know, uh, listen to three guys talk about geeky stuff and have a good time, pop over to uh, geekiestshowever.com. Cool. And people can find me on Twitter at Bronco Sire. That's S-Y-E-R. And next week we'll be covering the book Proxima. I am not going to read the synopsis that we have. You can listen next week and hear it there. (laughs) So that's it for this show, and we'll see you in the future. It's the sci-fi text.